Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. Have you ever used YS Park clips and combs? They are a game changer behind the chair, everybody. I love the long tail foiling combs and the shark clips especially. Those are my key, key, key tools that I use behind the chair. Every time I have my tray set up, those are the tools on it, especially for clips and combs. I absolutely love them. You can get them on passionbeauty.com and you can use my code GINA10 to save 10% off your YS Park tools. If you spend over $100, you also get free shipping. It's a great deal. Be sure to check it out at passionbeauty.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Ali Syed. And I asked him, I was like, how would you like me to introduce you? And he's like, I'm a scientist. (laughs) I'm just like, we're talking about the science of hair today. And I'm really excited because we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. We talk to a lot of business people in hair. We talk to a lot of artists. And I'm really excited to dive deeper into the science of hair because a lot of us need that background. And a lot of us are probably curious about the science of hair. So Dr. Syed, thank you so much for taking the time in your busy schedule to spend some time with us on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, You're most welcome. Uh, I'm honored to be here with you. It's my pleasure. I'm really, really excited to hear about your story, hear what you're working on, and just dive deeper into the science of hair. Most of our audience is hairdressers, salon owners, and many, many, many of them are, are behind the chair. So anyway, we can help them build their confidence or help them understand hair more. Um, it's going to be so amazing. So let's start off. Tell me about yourself and your background. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was born in India um, way back, and then uh, we migrated as a, a, a I was a ref- refugee from India to Pakistan. Uh, this was a pretty. Uh, it was like in the forties uh, when the Brits left uh, India, Indian subcontinent. So. Uh, I was lucky to survive. <laughs> so uh, we, we of course, then I was raised in Pakistan. I went to school in Pakistan. I did my BSc honors in chemistry, and then I did my master's in MSc in chemistry. Uh, then I started to teach chemistry at uh, one of the prestigious uh, colleges, which is a college, which is actually uh, owned by American missionaries called uh, uh, Foreman. Foreman is the name of the college, of Foreman Christian College. Uh, it's a huge institution, which is over 100 year old. Uh, and then I taught there for, uh, chemistry in college. Then, and then I shifted to another college called Aitchison College, which is run by the British Council. Because remember, Pakistan, India, they were the colonies of uh, Britain. Uh, for I guess 150 years. <laughs> so, uh, so I after teaching there, I uh, I was impressed when I met uh, the Dr. Tabby from Indiana, in, who was principal at the the, the college, uh, Foreman Christian College. So I wanted to come to U.S. instead of uh, uh, any other place to do my uh, higher education PhD. And in the, those days, uh, they were um, allowing uh, the highly educated people to migrate, to immigrate to uh, U.S. So I did get that immigration visa. 
but I didn't have the money to fly. So, <laughs> the, you know, the, the you, teachers are not well paid, uh, uh, especially in Pakistan and, and some other places as well. So I, I went to Africa for a year and a half to teach chemistry, and then the money was better. So I got uh, to raise enough funds to fly from Africa to finally in U.S. I landed in New York, New York to uh, uh, University of uh, Michigan area. Uh, I had friends uh, went there, and then I decided to come to Chicago. <laughs> Uh, try my luck. So I found a job as a formulator, uh, the chemist, a manufacturing chemist. That was my first job of hair and skin and cosmetics. And then uh, I was then finally I went to another company where I interned for a year and a half in all facets of uh, personal care, whether it's hair, skin, uh, uh, color cosmetics, uh, fragrances, you name it. Uh, so that was a great experience. Uh, then I wanted to really specialize in something, whether skin or hair, uh, and I chose hair. So I chose hair, and I uh, interestingly found a job at another company called Johnson Products, where uh, uh, it was uh, most of the products were for textured hair. Uh, so I did lot, uh, do a lot of research on textured hair early on, uh, and my biggest break was uh, within seven eight years. Uh, I was the first one to come up with a hair straightening and conditioning together simultaneously, which was the first ever in the marketplace. Wow. Uh, we got a patent on that. Uh, and then I, um, uh, after a good some 10 years, uh, I, I, I hate politics and I corporate politics is not, not my cup of tea. So I said, look, let me go on my own. Uh, within that process, I was teaching chemistry of hair to hairdressers, hairstylists. Uh, and a lot of time, the pushback from the corporate was that, oh, they, they're hairstylists. They're not understand. They're not going to understand chemistry. And I kept telling them, look, I used to teach. Just leave it to me. I will explain the chemistry of hair to them in a way that they will understand. So, uh, of course, that idea was not bought by the corporate. Uh, folks, so I decided to go on my own. I was uh, fast forward 1984. Uh, in 85, we started to sell Avalon products. Uh, and again, I got a, a new patent for uh, hair straightening and conditioning simultaneously, conditioning hair before, during, after, uh, and uh, special uh, special compound molecules, which were uh, allowed, which were able to function as good conditioners during a chemical service, whether you are coloring, relaxing, uh, bleaching, uh, those conditioners uh, stayed stable in that because normally most of the conditioners are not stable in the, that environment. So that, uh, that whole brand took, took over. It just really uh, went in many places, many countries, uh, but I was traveling like crazy, going a city to city, teaching chemistry of hair to the hairdressers, hairstylists all over the, uh, the country first, and then Europe, uh, Africa, uh, South America, Brazil, especially. And uh, we really became uh, very, uh, very popular in that whole process. Uh, the brand became very popular. Then as we went into uh, Euro in uh, uh, the Brazil, uh, that was a different uh, ball game altogether. 
because there, uh, the uh, uh, here was extremely uh, different than uh, any place in the world. It was uh, all races mixed together. Uh, the hair was extremely uh, um, uh, resistant to any chemical change. And uh, I had to then uh, really go in there and formulate just for Brazilian hair. Uh, and that was very interesting. Actually, the uh, one time I had to fly into Amazon, uh, there's a city called Manaus. And that's where the mixture of um, native Indians and Africans uh, combined together, and then the European races, that hair was the most difficult hair to straighten. So I spent a week with my uh, mobile lab <laughs> and formulating uh, and coming up with the system. So this it, has been a journey, you know, really. Uh, it's a passion I have about the hair of, especially textured hair, which is so unique. Uh, and it changes from person to person to person. Uh, and of course, we have to have gener uh, generalized the products, but still, you have to make sure that you are uh, servicing uh, the, that hair. Uh, it, it, the textured hair actually is is huge. We don't realize uh, probably sixty to seventy percent of the world population have some kind of texture to their hair. Uh, the in sciences we were and all socially we were taught that. All Japanese have straight hair, pinched straight hair, and uh, but not really true. One of the paper uh, in the 2008 or nine scientific paper which came through, uh, they showed how about 47% of the, the Japanese women have somewhat wavy to uh, wavy hair. Uh, and that's how they came up with the Japanese straightening uh, process in the, the, the mid 90s uh, uh, and whatnot. So, and then you can, if you look at uh, the, the Southern Europe, uh, you can look at uh, US, uh, you can look at uh, the South Af America, uh, look at the Middle East, uh, look at Africa, uh, going towards the East, uh, Southeast Asia. There is so much of a mix of, uh, 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 of folks. And then we have, uh, so to speak, textured hair. So textured hair is extremely, uh, uh, extremely, uh, it's, a, it's a huge uh, segment, which I really specialized in. Uh, so that's where, uh, uh, of course, in this process, when we were, uh, as we were selling our products were becoming successful, we set up a, a research center, which was my dream of having, uh, you know, different uh, chemists and scientists of various background, buying the state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, and uh, we have in our research center now different 10 different laboratories. Uh, we have um, uh, the chemists, we have physicists, we have, uh, we even had an MD working with us. Uh, we had biotechnologists, uh, we have all sorts of uh, various specialists or uh, the, the scientists working together to resolve the problem because just chemists alone cannot resolve all these issues uh, by themselves because the nature of the hair, because it's a, it's a uh, biopolymer, we call it, uh, and um, it has its own unique uh, requirements. So that, that's where we spent a lot of our investments in uh, researching. So therefore, if uh, you look at it, we do lots and lots of different uh, testings and 
uh, research uh, is based on uh, and those techniques. There are probably 35 different methodologies which we use in our research center. And by the way, we also have a testing salon in our facility right there and then when people come in, uh, we take them in, we first uh, have them go through the derm lab, other labs, uh, we look at their scalp, we do, everything is done uh, quantified because uh, that's how scientists work. If we don't have the numbers, uh, uh, then we don't know where we are heading. So we look at people's scalps, uh, we look at the scalp moisture, we look at the scalp conditions, we have contact microscopes where we could uh, have a huge, be uh, uh, beautiful images of their scalps. Uh, we could look at their pH of the scalp, which was actually a new phenomena in the last um, maybe 10 or 15 years. Before that, we could never measure a pH of the, uh, the hair and the, and the scalp. Uh, we, we do that as well. Uh, we can look at any kind of irritation on the scalp, uh, any, any other things, we can measure those. Once we do all of that, then we treat them with our products. And in that, during that process, of course, uh, we are learning uh, the efficacy of the products from the stylist, stylist viewpoint. Uh, and then the same person comes right back into the research center and similar labs. Uh, and we look at those same parameters. And so we look at before and after, what have we accomplished? And then we continue to modify our uh, formulas uh, for the products. And in this testing, um, uh, when if you, uh, I've, done, I've done a lot of publications and patents. Uh, in those publications, I have always uh, been in a unique place where I have been able to compare the straight Caucasian hair versus the textured hair, uh, textured hair of different uh, nationalities or different races, so to speak, whether you are uh, Brazilian or you are uh, Hispanic descent and or if you are, uh, let's say even uh, Italian or Jewish or whatever uh, we wanna call it. So we are all humans, we are all, you know, mixed with uh, many different, uh, uh, I, I guess, races. So we, we, then we study those textures actually, whether the, the porosity of the hair, we look at the elasticity of the hair, we look at the moisture contents. Moisture is very big. Uh, any healthy hair has to have good moisture and good elasticity. And we look at uh, their combing, uh, ease of combing or difficulty of combing. We have special combing machine, which combs uh, the hair, uh, let's say 10,000 times, and then see uh, if hair is uh, 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 breaking more than uh, normal. Uh, and then we could determine uh, what do we do then with that hair. Uh, uh, then we have, we look at uh, uh, the ellipticity of the hair. Uh, hair is never 100% like a round, like a cylinder. Uh, it it, uh, it uh, has some elliptical feature. Uh, and then there are definite differences between uh, races. Uh, so that's where the hair got actually divided into almost four types. Uh, that was done by uh, Andre Walker, one of the hairstylists who used to do Oprah Winfrey's hair. So type one hair is straight hair. Type two to type four hair is when the uh, little bit of texture starts to appear in the hair. And type three is uh, 3A, B, C. A, type 3A is curly, well, kind of wavy hair. And uh, 3C to 4, A, B, C, uh, that's extremely 
curly, coily hair. So all of those hairs, we then have to, uh, we made like a table, like a periodic table, and then we started to quantify all these properties uh, in, in those, uh, uh, in, in, on that table, uh, periodic table, so to speak. Uh, so the porosity, again, uh, uh, is lower on type one hair. And as you go up the scale towards type four hair, the porosity is significantly high. And within that type four hair, the, uh, uh, the African descent hair, uh, there's three or four different types of porosities. Uh, and the same way the hair fiber, uh, uh, the, the, the strength of hair fiber changes from type one hair probably is the most uh, strong, strongest hair. And as we move towards uh, the coily curly hair, that is the weakest hair. Uh, and it has a lot of twists in it. Uh, it is much easier to break. Uh, it's more fragile. Uh, hair has less moisture. So uh, co compared to about 20% less moisture compared to uh, straight uh, Caucasian hair. So all of that I have put through in a book form now, which is going to be published hopefully uh, within the next few months. Uh, all these uh, studies and the data we have had, uh, we have collected them. Uh, and uh, that way, when people are reading about hair, uh, even the, the, this, this is written in a way where the hairstylist can also comprehend what I'm talking about. Uh, and then uh, it's also for the beginning uh, chemists who are coming in the field uh, to get to know the, the, the all uh, different types array of hair and how to then go by. Because in good old days, there was a concept that the coily curly hair is very strong hair and you could put any chemical on it and it will withstand. Uh, that myth was totally busted. That's not true. Uh, so uh, they, that hair is extremely fragile. Uh, the Caucasian hair is uh, very strong. So uh, same way then we studied, um, of course, not only straightening, but uh, smoothing treatments when they came in uh, I was in Brazil, and this Italian uh, hairstylist from Italy who, who was married in Brazil, um, the Brazilian girl. So he he had, I think he has 26 salons, and on one, in one building, he had seven salons on each floor, and it was sponsored uh, by each uh, major company, and we were on four, fourth floor at Avalon. Uh, so he said to me, he said, can you make a, uh, the smoothing treatment with formaldehyde in it or methylene glycol. And my answer was, no, I don't want to do that. He said, what do you mean? Is it difficult? I said, no, it's just not ethical. It's extremely bad for the, uh, for the health of uh, the hairstylist, the consumer, the whole world, uh, because formaldehyde is not what we use uh, since 1970s. We stopped using formaldehyde in hair products. So anyway, then, uh, we had our challenge. We came up with uh, uh, another molecule called glyoxylic acid and, and or its derivative, which then uh, became uh, a brand called Uberlis for us in Brazil. And then we brought Uberlis back into U.S. Uh, and then finally, we got uh, Uberlis into uh, Uberlis Bond, uh, which we just got a patent um, uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, we just announced that. Uh, with uh, in our patent, we have all kind of data, quantitative data of showing how the fibers are strengthening uh, before and uh, before and after 
in uh, hair bleaching while you are lightening the hair, while you are coloring the hair, and that also if you are straightening the hair with smoothing treatment and or relaxers, uh, or if you're perming the hair. So all of, all of that work was really almost like two, two and a half years of work. Uh, somebody could easily get their PhD degree in working on uh, that part of the science. Uh, so then finally, we are happy that we finally got the patent on that. So you could see that the, the, that's a new frontier in a lot of ways in our industry is that we call this the, uh, in, in chemical terms that cross, cross-linking the hair. Uh, well, when you are uh, chemically treating the hair uh, and or another uh, easier way to call it is grafting. Uh, you are adding uh, more bonds, more permanent bonds while you're breaking some uh, so that the fibers are stronger than uh, um, than uh, before. Uh, but it, it's just a frontier where the work is just beginning. Uh, there's a lot of work still need to be done. Uh, and we love to be in the forefront of that. Uh, so, because then uh, the, usually when you're cross-linking, you increase the, the strength of the fibers, the hair fibers, uh, more than its uh, initial uh, state of untreated state. Uh, but that's not yet accomplished. Uh, eventually, uh, you know, as we go uh, in the science-wise, we'll continue to work on that and make sure that uh, we are, accomplishing uh, some of their goal. So, uh, so I, you know, I can go on and on and on, but uh, I mean, uh, you feel free to ask me any questions in, in this process. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm always uh, uh, open to any kind of questions. Uh, here is my passion. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell, like, I can tell it's your passion. Like I literally feel, feel like you could talk about it all day long. And I love that so much. It, it's great to learn about your background and hear the work you've done in our industry. And it's, you know, as a hairstylist behind the chair, you know, we're behind the chair working on our guests and we, we probably feel like that's behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like what we're doing behind the chair is behind the scenes, but what you're doing behind the scenes is like next level. And it's like, just listening to what you were saying, it's like, wow, so much goes into the products that we use and all of that. So it's just so interesting to hear what you've been working on. And I love, um, you know, talking about textured hair and, um, like I, what I loved, what you brought up is how, when you went to Brazil, it was all the races mixed together and the hair was just completely different and, and harder to, uh, more difficult, you know, to achieve those results. If you wanted to straighten it, if you wanted to lighten it. And, you know, a lot of my students who I teach, they live in areas where the women or the people, whatever, have the, this dark hair and they want to get those icy results or those bleached results that are like super light and they struggle with that. And it's, it's so interesting. Like, what would you say, like talking to a hairstylist, if you were to say to a hairstylist, like what's, what's one thing they need to know about hair? in general, when it comes to lightening or, or changing the molecular tech, uh, properties of the hair, what would you say is like the number one thing any hairstylist needs to know? Well, of course, the first thing is um, the, the strength of the hair fiber. If, if the hair fiber is damaged to the point that it starts to break and shed, and uh, then, then we haven't uh, done our job uh, as hairstylists, as hair chemists. So uh, strength of the hair fiber, elasticity of the hair fiber, and along with that, which is uh, synonymous to hair strength, is also the moisture contents of the hair. 
the drier the hair uh, in the process uh, when we do any chemical treatment, um, it, it's more likely to break and it's going to have less uh, tensile strength or less elasticity. So how do we preserve that while we are doing those miracle uh, uh, treatments of uh, uh, making uh, uh, transforming people's hair into that beautiful and uh, uh, and product where they say, "Wow, I love my hair," uh, because hair is such a thing, you know, where um, uh, it just gives you uh, a lot of self-esteem as well. When you have a beautiful hair, uh, it, it's transformed. Uh, it it may sound like, oh my God, it's just so uh, mundane that, you know, but no, it is uh, people's self-esteem. When they look into the mirror and they like their hair in the morning, uh, they more likely going to, more most likely going to perform way better when they get out there. So that's the way, um, uh, they, they, the importance of uh uh, the work the hairstylist and the hair chemists do, and I always say this to the hairstylist that we are actually a team. Um, the hair chemist cannot perform without a hairstylist, and and vice versa. Uh, I always need uh, the input from the hairstylist. I never tell a hairstylist, "Oh, my product is perfect. You didn't do something right." Uh, I love to listen when when they have an input, and that makes uh, me. Uh, improve whatever I am doing and whatever we are doing our products. It's an ever, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, ending process. You you just continue to uh, improve yourself based on the input. And same with the hairstylist when they get input from their con- customer uh, about their hair. I'm sure then they start to think that uh, what am I going to do next time or how I'm going to improve the look of their hair or the uh, the, the the properties of the hair. Uh, so. It is very important that we pay attention to the chemistry of hair, uh, whether we are hairstylists or we are hair chemists. Um, without that, I think uh, we can have issues. Uh, and uh, also, a lot of other things happen because in our industry, uh, although we live in a great country, the USA, but still there are folks who are all uh, sales-driven and they will promise almost anything to you that, oh, this product uh, XYZ does this, this, this. Uh, But that's where you have to find out, is it really true? Uh, And hairstylists, although they don't have many uh, sophisticated equipments in their salons, which of course, that's not part of their business model. uh, That's where we come in. They still can tell how a product is performing within three, four, five, six months the quality of the product. So I always want them, and I, a lot of time give them challenge that, make sure that you are, uh, you tell your whatever product you're buying that it is the quality product. If it is not, uh, then you need to uh, make sure that you find the best product available, uh, which does what it's supposed to do. Uh, and so uh, having said that, uh, here's Silas, uh, I'm sure, um, uh, agree with me in the, on the, the term that, uh, look, we got to look at the pro- fiber elasticity. We got to look at fiber uh, strength. Uh, and along with that, um, uh, the moisture and then porosity, more porous the hair becomes, uh, more damaged it is. Uh, and a lot of time we can easily tell at the salon level if the hair is extremely porous. And of course, that do, does happen when we are lightening the hair, especially if we're lightening the hair 
uh, from level, uh, level four or so to level 10, for example, or uh, it, it, um, it's a lot of wear and tear on that hair chemically. Uh, so how do we improve that porosity of that hair? Uh, that's where the, uh, the uberless bond type of treatments, uh, uh, we made sure the porosity of the hair uh, is is uh, not uh, it's not uh, increased significantly to the level where uh, it's detrimental, uh, especially uh, in hotter climates when we are looking at uh, uh, bleached hair. Uh, it picks up that humidity and it becomes pretty frizzy. Uh, humidity blocking is another uh, science uh, for me, which I've done a lot of work on that. Wow. Uh, and, yeah, we have um, we have special humidity chambers. Uh, we treat the hair fibers and uh, you know on uh, with the products and then expose them to that humidity and then look at how it's uh, frizzing back. Uh, actually, there are videos we have made which we have commercially put it on our uh, Uberless Bond uh, sites uh, where you literally you could see in the span of zero to twenty four hours when you expose the hair how it goes uh, hour by hour and becomes frizzy versus when we treat it and we can control that frizz. So uh, that, that's uh, another, uh, 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 the humidity is also very big, uh, weather uh, and especially humidity. Uh, all, all of those things we gotta, you know, this is where we work in uh, uh, on those methodologies and techniques to continue to improve uh, the, the hair uh, properties, uh, that, that's crucial. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, I love Uberless. I've used that for a few years and I've tried different brands and everything. And I'm going to just be open with you and share like for the past few years, you know, I've, I've said like bond builders and those technologies are great. Um, I don't always use them like consistently because we didn't use them before and things were like, okay, and there's so many brands that promise you so many different things. And a lot of them are super new and it's like, okay, like, let's try it. It's cool. And then, um, you know, just charging properly for them, all of those things. Like, would you say like bond treatments are essential in all services? Like, would you say that that's something that like you would stand behind it from a science perspective? Like from what you've said, you've like already kind of shifted my mindset of like, if we have this technology, why not use it? Yeah. The, uh, as you know, uh, uh, you are, you are uh, as a hairstylist, you are into technology. And we, as a consumer, we are into technology. I mean, uh, look at what, uh, uh, I'm, I'm an older person. I've seen uh, the changes in technologies, which are mind-boggling. If 50 years ago, somebody would have asked me, uh, the cell phones, the, the iPhones, and the, the 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 things we are able to do, I'll say, oh no, that's not. Uh, how can that be? So we have come long way in the technology as well, and in the uh, in the bond technology, this is one of the things. And I don't want to be controversial. At the same time, problem uh, everywhere in the world is that we are so commercially driven, uh, and it is such a competitive world. If there, if if a new brand comes, everyone runs to fill the gap within few months or few uh, or a year at the most, uh, and that's what happened with the bond uh, treatments. Uh, when the bond treatments came, that that was a great concept, by the way, uh, because I have been involved in the uh, 
um, uh, cross-linking technology or bond building technology uh, since uh, mid of uh, 2000s. Uh, I really uh, like how you I really like how you explain it with the cross-linking and the grafting, because that is such a great analogy. Like if you're a hairstylist wanting to upcharge that to a ticket and, you know, cause it's an extra expense for the stylist to carry it. And many of them like have a hard time charging for it or raising their prices to include right. it and all of those things. But I love the way you explain it because I think if hairstylists had a, a stronger, more confident way to explain the science behind it, it would be easier to sell that. Oh, definitely. And the, the, this cross-linking technology, which it became, uh, and then, uh, you know, I give credit to that particular brand, which started the concept. Uh, and for us, we were already, you know, working on those things. Uh, but we didn't want to be with, uh, like many of those brands, because when I tested all of these brands, that was the step one with bleaching with and without these brands. And I was literally shocked. Uh, I'm sorry to say that it was so shocking. I said, how could it be in the USA uh, that we are not strengthening the hair, but we are claiming that we are strengthening the hair. Uh, so, and even the hairstylists were on that bandwagon. They were uh, saying, oh yeah, it is doing this. And when I asked them, is there a quantitative data? I was literally, I mean, on a social media, we were attacked. They say, how dare you ask this question? I say, I'm a scientist. If, you ask, if, if I claim something, I have to show you the data. If I don't have a data, but I say, oh, just believe me, you trust me, that's not how science works. So I didn't see the evidence that the bonds were really doing much for the hair. Uh, so that's why we really put a lot of work and since that 2014, 2013, 2014. So it took us about three years to get to that state where we say, here is our quantitative data, which, I see. Is, which is part of our patent, actually. Whereas other patents, uh, other patents, they, they say, oh, here are the tresses. This is before, this is after. Feel it, touch it we know that this one is stronger than the other one. Okay, that's not science for me. I, I have to show you the numbers uh, and those numbers have to be verified by my peers uh, and the patent office. So that's why it took us a while to really get all that work, which we have put in our patent. All those examples are there, the numbers are there. Uh, they were scrutinized. If the patent office scrutinizes everything, they're back and forth questions. Uh, they don't agree with you this, here or there. And then finally, when you satisfy all the questions, and if they say, yes, this is unique, then you have a patent. So we were finally able to show them that, look, here's the data. We are literally increasing. In case of hair coloring, almost no damage. That was not heard of, although uh, just to make sure to, 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 to be, um, uh, you know, uh, transparent always, hair colors are the least damaging compared to hair bleaching, hair lightening. Hair lightening is you could lose anywhere 20 to 25% of its elasticity, or at least nowadays, mostly hair lighteners, you lose about 15% of elasticity. Now we have to get from 15% to almost 0%. That will be the uh, and or above that where the hair is actually stronger than before. 
So that's the function of cross-linking or grafting. But we are not there yet. With our system, we finally got to the point we lost only 2% of the elasticity versus uh, 15%, okay? And in, uh, here, uh, here, uh, in uh, permanent colors, uh, uh, almost no uh, damage done to the hair uh, while you're coloring, especially reds are a lot more damaging than the other, uh, other uh, shades. Now, even, is this using the bond treatment with lightener? Yes, it is. So to just, this to, is basically, I just want to make sure, like, just for uh, people listening to, like, so you're saying that by adding the bond treatment to lightener, your right. technology is getting to the point where you're reducing the uh, the damage to elasticity so much and your goal is to actually make the hair f- feel better than it did before, which I think that with a lot of these treatments, it does feel better than it did before with the hair care, with the style, with the blowout. And like you can you can make it feel better than it did when they walked in. But scientifically under a microscope with that data that you're sharing, it's it's really important because now like, you know, today with social media and with all the different brands and all of the competition, like stylists who are on social media are handed talking points and say, this is what it does. We have barely any training on it. And we go out there and we share and we post and we use our platform most of the time being paid to share like, hey, this is what it does. And for me, you know, I've definitely been on campaigns. My, um, you know, I've done things, tried new products and everything and hearing everything that you're sharing, like it's so important to have that data and to be able to share like from a patented perspective, like it's, it's definitely different. Like you're definitely opening my eyes. Um, but there is so much competition, so many products out there. And it's like, how do you know what they do? Yeah, that, that's the whole thing. And I always challenge the hairstyle. I said, don't be like uh, the good old uh, ad. Don't be like little Mikey. Uh, somebody gives you something and say, oh, it does this. And you say, oh, yeah, okay, great. Uh, challenge them. I do the same thing for my vendors. When they come in with the chemical, a molecule, they say, hey, we'll do X, Y, Z. First thing I, out of my mouth is that, do you have a study done on this? Can you send me that study with the numbers, with the techniques you use, so that I can review it. And then I will verify if that is true. And that's when I will use your material in my formulation. Otherwise, I can't just go to my customer and say something and then it may not be true. Uh, that's why how uh, we built Avalon and Salon Commodities was that we must have scientific data to prove because uh, actually, it is my credibility. If I tell you uh, X, Y, Z, and you find out that this is not true, the next time you're not going to really trust me. So totally. all of our okay. products, all of our products, regardless even the, uh, the non-patenting technology, go through the same uh, rigor of testing uh, of uh, all these things, because uh, otherwise uh, you will not have a great product in the marketplace. And fortunately, now that Europe asks for all these uh, data, they, okay, they, they are not letting you say anything you feel like. Uh, like we could, we could say anything in our product in, in, in the U.S. And there's, there's no legal uh, uh, FDA regulation other than the drugs. Uh, so in Europe, no, they're not letting you do that. They say, oh, show me the data. So, oh, yeah, Europe's way more strict with products. Yeah, and we, we were so happy that, oh, great, because this is what we've been doing all these years. And that, that um, 
uh, that that's where uh, we have been able to otherwise how do you uh, start a new company with almost no money and then uh, become uh, a, a, a global player uh, we do business in 60 different countries uh, uh, and Europe is one of our after US Europe is our strongest market uh, because the performance of the product the integrity behind it uh, what we say it does it does so that that's what it's all about uh, I hope the hair stylists really start to look at that in a more critical way than to just believe the uh, the 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 uh, the brand coming in and say, oh, it does, uh, does X, Y, Z. And you say, oh, yeah, okay, great. No, uh, put it to test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, people do build trust in brands, and there are some amazing brands out there for sure. Yes. And people build that trust, and then they take it, and just they trust it. And the testing kind of comes over time. Yeah. And I love the the education just on this podcast of being like, okay, show me the data. Yeah. Like instead of just getting handed talking points, like, okay, what's the actual data yeah. to prove it before you start promoting it and before you use it on your desk and before you even make the investment because the investments in these products are big too. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And all of us are investing. And, and if the, if the, if um, our investment, uh, uh, the payback is not, return on our investment is not uh, good enough, then we all lose. That's definitely true. Yeah. Totally. So let's talk more about Uberless because I haven't used it in a really, like I haven't been behind the chair full time. I I used it for a few years straight. Like I used Uberless for a long time and then um, I kind of stopped doing so much hair. I tried different products, like a bunch of new things came out. I kind of strayed away and like now I'm like, okay, now everything you're sharing with me, I'm like, hmm. So share with me a little bit about Uberless. And I'd love to even learn more about the straightening treatment too, like the bond treatment and the straightening treatment. Like you don't recommend recommend so I was like taught by mentors in the past like formaldehyde is what makes it work the treatments and if it's like a low formaldehyde it's not really that big of a deal and then I hear you say it's unethical it's like this I'm like oh my god I'm like my treatments I use have formaldehyde in them I'm like do I throw them in the trash like (laughs) do you know what Uh, I mean I'm just being real you know because I'm sure people listening to this like I don't I don't want to sit here and be like everything is perfect in the world it's like there are things like this we should talk about yeah yeah, definitely. The The problem with formaldehyde is a great molecule to cross-link and smoothen the hair. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's great, but the problem of the health issues of, uh, on the other side are even greater. So that's where the balance comes. What do we do? Do we balance the health or we balance the, the great results? Uh, and wearing and, a mask uh, is not good enough to protect you. No, not at all. Because uh, we are, because when we are putting this heat, which we have to, because formaldehyde, or they, as they say, this was a great debate. Oh, it's not formaldehyde; it's methylene glycol. And I, I, we all scientists throughout. I mean, I have quite a few friends, scientists, friends in cosmetic industry, and we were all laughing. They said, "Oh, come on, are you kidding? It's just like." Um, uh, Coke or Pepsi, you know, or the the, uh, the then when you open the can, uh, first thing you hear is a pss and the stuff coming out. And what is that? That's carbon dioxide dissolved in water. Same way, methylene glycol is nothing but formaldehyde gas dissolved in water. So, moment you open that bottle, 
that gas is going to come right out. And that's your formaldehyde. And that's going to hit all of us in our nose, in our eyes, in our, uh, uh, you know, uh, in our face. Uh, and um, uh, the, then people are sitting in your chair. They have to be protected somehow. How are they going to be protected? People are sitting in your waiting areas. Uh, all of that comes in the play. So I know these brands were very successful. They made quite a bit of money. But you know where every, everything is now. And they were, they were having lawsuits. So the governments were on their back. So uh, they paid, uh, I won't name brands, but one brand paid $5 million uh, fine to the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, OSHA or one of the organizations. Uh, but, but, that, but they were making millions and millions of dollars. So $5 million was <laughs> in the equation was, you know, not. So our, you know, this is what we decided that we're not going to go with formality, I'll be honest to you. Um, unfortunately, yeah, but the fortunately, whatever one you call it, uh, I'm here for the long haul. Uh, I'm not here for a few years. You make the money and then you have a, your, your business doesn't exist and or you just totally fizzle out. Uh, we've been in the business 35 years uh, and we try to do eth ethical things as well. If, if, if the health of the hairstylist is uh, in question, uh, I, I don't want to go there because I don't want to be the one to mess up somebody's health. So the that's where we went to Uberless smoothing treatment based on glyoxylic acid, which is a solid material. It's not a gas. So when you dissolve that like sugar in water, that glyoxylic acid in water is a straightening agent. Uh, it's also a small molecule. It does have aldehyde group. Uh, and it uh, it straightens the hair the same way at heat. It doesn't give you the same kind of vapors and fumes, uh, which are nasty. Uh, so uh, having said that, it has its drawbacks as well, uh, because the pH of the hair, uh, the product is around 2, 2.2. Uh, so it uh, cannot be done uh, same day treatment with the color at the same time. So you have to get the smoothing treatment and wait a week before you do the color treatment. So that those are the, but there, there is, there's a, that's a trade-off, but at the same time, you're not messing somebody's health. And then there are other derivatives of glyoxylic acid, which are even uh, uh, better. And then, then they are also, we also use those. So the smoothing part of the hair from that angle, from, uh, from uh, it, it also, the advantage is that your hair doesn't frizz as much, uh, or almost uh, non uh, non frizzy hair after the treatment, because it's 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 filling in the hair. Therefore, the humidity is not able to get in, and uh, you have a better uh, um, uh, way of handling your hair. When when you get up in the morning, you don't have to do too much to your hair to go to go to office or the salon or uh, whatever wherever your livelihood is. So that's why these treatments are great from that angle. But yeah, I'm looking on your website right now at the yeah. treatments, and this is the fiber expander and fiber restructurer, the keratin you're yeah. talking about? Right. Awesome. Yeah, the, I'm the, like, the, go ahead. That, that, that's, uh, that's another thing we've done along with that. that uh, we, uh, that's a patent which we almost... Uh, uh, it, it's in the negotiation at uh, the final stages uh, with the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the 
United States uh, Patent Office, where we have added this expander, I mean, this molecule goes in, and it really sits and waits for the glyoxylic acid to come in, and they hook up together. And by when they hook up together, now they are larger molecule which gets stuck in the hair for a good four or five months. It doesn't come out that easily. So therefore, when the hair is filled in with this compound, this complex, then, then the hair is straighter. And the payback is that we don't have to use that much glyoxylic acid. We use less of it and we still get the same type of uh, results. So uh, that's what the expander and the um, the uh, straightener uh, combination, uh, glyoxylic combination does for you. Uh, wow. So, and that's again, and then uh, anyone else out in the marketplace. Uh, I know this is extra step that you have to spray this on quickly uh, and wait 10 minutes. And then you allow the, uh, you start to apply the treatment, uh, glyoxylic treatment. Uh, and then once they couple together uh, with the heat as well, uh, you have straighter hair and much less safer than uh, the, the methylene glycol, uh, the formaldehyde type of treatment. Yeah, I think it's really important because like a lot of people don't know what to use, you know, like yeah. so they'll pick like top brands that they see their other friends using or something, yeah. but they don't go into like the research. They'll look at like the before and after and like the results may be great, like fresh out of the salon too, like what you see on social media. Yeah. Um, and it's like just so interesting to hear like from a scientist too, like yeah. what actually goes into it. I was just looking on the site, like looking at the, um, yeah. at the treatment too, just to get, I'm a visual person too. So I was like, okay, this is the one he's talking about. Um, yeah. and that treatment lasts for months. Yeah. It, it will, it will uh, be like three to four months. Three and to by four that months. time you have a new treatment, new, new growth and more than enough new growth where the, then you touch that up as well. Uh, so uh, that that's what it is. But if you look at, uh, since you're looking at the website, uh, hopefully there's that video as well of the humidity, um, how the humidity, uh, under humidity, the hair performs from zero to 24 hours. Uh, it, it's very interesting to see how hair becomes humidity proof. Uh, and that that's that's a great success. Although I've done that similar thing for the humidity from the Uberless uh, Frizz Elixir, uh, that's a spray you apply to, uh, you spray on the hair, on the wet hair before blow drying uh, and then flat iron, and it will fight that humidity like anything. It is just tremendous. And that's another different type of technology which I came up with. Uh, in the, uh, I think in the, in the early uh, or mid 2000s, uh, and uh, that's now on, under Uberless uh, Frizz Elixir brand. That 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 that's a very well uh, performing product as well, because uh, the humidity is huge. Uh, it, it affects a lot of us. Yeah, no, it totally does. And like people do want to have that quick getting ready um, yeah. out the door, and even just going yeah. back to what you shared in the beginning, like. The hair has such a significant impact on self-confidence. And if you can help improve that manageability yeah. and help people give them like the tools to be able to style their hair quicker and all of those things, I think it's great. And then going back to what you said before about the technology that we do have now when we can reduce that 
um, we can reduce the damage to elasticity during color services. Like the technology is there for sure. I I'm, you know, and, and just being honest and transparent, like this is my podcast. So I'm going to always keep it real with everybody listening. You know, I've even shared in the past, like I use bond builders here and there, but it's like, we didn't need them before. Like, is it, you know, and then I was like, you know, using a certain brand for like a while and I'm like, okay, using it, using it, using it. And then it's like, okay, do we really need it? But then hearing like the data behind it and like having, um, the, the numbers behind it is just so much more reassuring as a stylist to be like, okay, yes, this is like actually going to work. Cause I think we're all a bit jaded with, with how much there is out there about yeah. this brand, that brand, yeah. this brand, that brand. It's like, you makes your head spin and it's like, okay, so what do it's, I get? Yeah, it is. It is. I agree with you that. But also another good thing about the Uberless brand is that we, from day one, we knew that, um, uh, the, the, when the brands came in, uh, they were using higher volume of uh, hydrogen peroxide to mitigate, uh, you know, because the things were being uh, kind of diluted. Yes. Uh, so with our system, uh, we told them, uh, we devised in such a way that you didn't have to have higher volume uh, of uh, the developer. Whatever volume you normally use, you would do that because our molecule didn't interfere in the in the bleaching process it just uh, worked alongside uh, you're doing two things simultaneously you're lightening at the same time when the bonds are breaking uh, those bonds are being occupied chemically with our bond builder so it didn't interfere into into the the bleaching process and that was another success we had from day one we said no you don't need to uh, up your developer strength uh use whatever you've been doing and that was also part of the 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 my my uh vision like you said you're a visual person i literally have vision in my mind about a molecule uh, how do i design this molecule how should it be where should it go in the hair because i can imagine bonds and everything in the hair where they are when they break how what form they are what can go and attack them, attach them with them, along with that, what properties would it contribute to the hair? Would the hair would be uh, softer, silkier, easy to comb, uh, shiny, all of those things are then considered. And uh, then we go and ask the design designer of the molecule that, hey, can you, this is what I want. And this is exactly what we were doing. We designed the molecule first in such a way that it just accomplished those things which the hairstylist really wants during this bleaching or coloring uh, or smoothing process. Because the same bond can be added in our smoothing process as well. Or if someone is doing uh, waving, uh, hair waving, which is almost in strength now, you know, so, <laughs> so no, not many people are uh, curling, curling the hair. Uh, you could do that there as well. Uh, similarly, chemical straightening uh, with the hair relaxers, you could add that in there. So it was very uniformly uh, looked at a global picture of it. And uh, that's how we designed the molecule. And then uh, we got to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. And like, I definitely, this conversation is awesome. So tell me about your book. Yeah, this is, uh, amazing. Every time I uh, teach uh, chemistry of hair to hairstylists and then end, there will be 
many times the question, have you written this up or you have a book? Uh, and I kept saying, no, no, not yet, not yet. And finally, I started to write um, a couple of years ago. And then uh, when the pandemic uh, hit, uh, I actually, in a way, the silver lining was that I really concentrated on uh, completing my book. So it's um, about 98% complete. Uh, I'm in the process of uh, we're talking to the, the, the printers and the designers uh, for the cover design. Uh, that's the stage we are in. And that literally what it encompasses is first thing is that uh, the structure of here in, in every day, um, uh, what, it, what is it? The new pictures, uh, which are again, the illustrations uh, which I had a um, uh, artist working with me. Uh, and there's a lot of back and forth because this is new area for them, the hair, the inside of the hair. Uh, all of those are done. And once someone looks at them, they will understand. It's really not rocket science. Uh, that's the structure of hair. And then um, actually I just communicated with a scientist from New Zealand uh, who's done a break. Um, um, uh, uh, breakthrough research on the uh, textured hair, curly hair, uh, and I've known him. Uh, I do go to uh, international conferences in Europe and other places, so I met uh, him in, the, in that forum where we were presenting our uh, papers, works, uh, and, um, and so it's it's a it's it was a, a final piece of the puzzle, even for me, that okay, the textured hair. Why is it textured? Why is it wavy? Why is it curly? What makes it curly? What, yeah. That shape? How, why is that? Shape? And within a family, people have different shapes of hair. In my uh, family, you know, my wife has slightly wavy hair. My daughter has slightly wavy hair. I have totally straight hair. So, I mean, sometimes I envy them. I say, I wish I had a little wave and curl in my hair. So the, all the chemistry behind it, the science behind it, it is now... Uh, almost known. And then still there are things which are not known for about the hair. So I put in all the, the first chapter is the texture, structure of the hair. The second one is properties of the hair. And then I talk about the scalp because that's, I always say scalp is mother of all hair. If our scalp is not healthy, then we have issues. Uh, and then uh, from there, the hair growth itself, that's a huge field in itself. And then, then I get into the styling, I means cleansing the hair, conditioning the hair, uh, styling the hair, all those, uh, there are about seven, eight chapters uh, uh, dealing with uh, the, uh, the curly or textured hair. Uh, and actually this book is a comparative study. Uh, it's not just about curly hair, textured hair, and not about the Caucasian hair, no. We travel side by side. Here is Caucasian hair, straight hair. Here is the rest of the textured hair types together so that when people understand, uh, look at the book and then they start to understand all hair types because that's important. If we are not doing all hair types, then you know we probably are leaving some uh, some of the money on the table. You know, so, yeah, so that and just being a true master of your craft, like to yeah. know, and like, I can't wait after hearing like what it's all about. Like, I really can't wait to, to read it because- uh, how much of a better educator I can be by having that beautiful foundation to uh, to other artists, but even to my guests, like being able to explain, 
you know, truly why and be able to provide that amazing service for them. So I think it's essential yeah. and I'm just so happy. And it's like your life's work. You said it's yeah. the missing piece. That's yeah. like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's ever, you know, evolving. Uh, so as we move the new research comes in, we will continue to update the book yeah. and the literature because that's how it is. I so it's it. not only just my research, but all the research about here. Uh, so I've collected that and my research, uh, some of it is published, some of it was not published. So I'm bringing all of those things together in, in this book. That yeah. sounds great. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Dr. Syed, thank you so much for your time. This conversation was super interesting. I'm like, my mind's blown. I'm like, I got to th- rethink some stuff going on in my salon. And I can't wait to, um, I want to try the Uberless keratin treatment. I definitely want to try that out because I know the one we're using does have a small amount of formaldehyde in it, which like we've used it forever. But just to hear from you, you know, we hear from our mentors and our friends and our peers, but it's not often we actually talk to scientists about hair. And I just think this episode is amazing. And I thank you so much for your time to share with my audience, your expertise and and your work. Yeah, it it was my pleasure talking to you and sharing whatever I know. Uh, Because again, we are always a team, the hairstylist and the hair chemist. Uh, and as a formulating chemist, as a research chemist, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was honored to share everything uh, I know and things I don't know. Uh, so with you, so great uh, again speaking to you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And everybody, please check out Uberless and stay tuned for Dr. Syed's book. What's it called? Uh, Curly Hair. Uh, it's uh, structure properties, uh, and uh, uh, care. Love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Awesome. Everybody check that out. And we will see you on the next one. All right. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by The Network Salon. The Network Salon is a 10,000 square foot booth rental salon located in Southington, Connecticut. The network is absolutely amazing. If you're a new guest looking for a stylist, go to our site, thenetworksalon.com, and click book now to be matched up with the artist for you. If you're an independent artist looking to make a move and come work with us at The Network, we do have a couple of stations left after our expansion, and then we are full. We hope to meet you soon. Visit our website, thenetworksalon.com, and click careers to download our network career PDF. We can't wait to see you soon and hope you have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. This episode is produced by Alora Media.